All right, welcome to the Buck Fever Podcast. I am your guest host today, Pat Colby, joined by Jake Jake and Noah, <laughs> two familiar faces. Um, I'm going to lead today's episode, but before that, we have some exciting news. We had a big time weekend in Buck Fever Outdoors uh, with the crew out on Lake Winnebago. You guys want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it was uh, it was actually pretty unbelievable. Uh, the the first uh, the first detail we should mention is that uh, we got a little group chat going, obviously, just to kind of communicate about hunting stuff. And so we get a text from Colby at like 9.30, 9.45, you know, something along the lines of like, hey, boys, you know, good luck out there. Anybody seen anything yet? You know, that that sort of thing. Like We're it's, not deer hunting, though. No, 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 no. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're sturgeon we're, we're, we're sturgeon we spearing. We're sturgeon spearing. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we get the little text, whatever. We're only two and a half hours into the season. And I see that right away and I respond. I'm like, well, actually, Jake and I both got one already. <laughs> so Jake's came first. You should probably tell yours. But yeah, I was pretty fortunate again. Um, sturgeons are more, they're kind of, they're a lot more rare, uh, so to speak, than deer are. And uh, I speared my second one this year at about eight ten, and I think I saw him before that. But uh, I'm glad I didn't throw because I wasn't sure if it was a sturgeon or legal or anything like that. And then I waited, and apparently it was only ten minutes later that I uh, speared a 74 pound, uh, 68 inch uh, F1. So I was pretty stoked about that. And Dad and I just built a brand new shack, and he was with me and gaffed and everything and my neighbor who's never been out his first time ever out certain spearing was there to experience the whole thing so uh, it was a pretty cool experience and you know my first phone call was to noah after the fish was been out of the hole for about 20 seconds so we never really facetime each other unless we kill something so <laughs> if you if you see a facetime from one of us we usually know something good happened yeah it, when i got the facetime coming through i'm like no way there's just no way that that happened because like you said, we've been fortunate the past couple of years and we've had a lot of good luck. And it's like, at some point you, you would think, you know, that, that you're just going to have those years where you don't see anything and that's going to happen. And then I see that FaceTime and it's like, like you said, eight ten. we've only been at it for just over an hour and already getting that FaceTime. It's like, no way. And then <laughs> pick up and you see the fish flopping around there on the <laughs> ice. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just crazy. And then it must have been not even an hour and a half later when I got to spear mine. And it was, uh, it, it was kind of crazy now watching the footage back because I, I was sitting down and then I got a little bit tired of sitting. So then I stood up and then I got a little bit tired of standing and just looking down the hole. So then I decide I'm going to straddle the hole. So now I've got one leg on one side, one leg on the other, and my spear is behind me and I'm just sitting there. And meanwhile, now that I'm watching the footage back, there's either mud rolling over the X's or a fish rolling over the X's, possibly two fish. I mean, I don't even know what's going on. It's hard to tell because it, it's a little bit difficult. I mean, they're pretty deep down there. It's difficult to tell what's mud, what's a fish. And then just like the directions it's coming in, it's kind of hard to think that the mud would have been where it was. I almost think there was two fish, but there was either mud or a fish in the hole before I even stepped over to straddle it. Cause I was only straddling the hole for like 20 seconds. Not even when I realized that there was a fish. So did you spear it that way? 
no no i i saw that there was a fish saw there was a fish quick step back over and i said hey there's a fish gabby was (laughs) gabby was on her phone which she was only on her phone for like two minutes she was watching the hole before that and i was on my phone and then we just switched i got tired of sitting and looking down the hole in like 30 seconds and then i stood up and got tired of doing that in like two minutes and then straddled the hole so she had only been on break for like a couple minutes ben was sleeping which is <laughs> you know he that's that's tends classic. to do that <laughs> that's that's been anytime we're hunting fishing spearing whatever first it's snack time second it's nap time and <laughs> if he's got a little bit of hunting or fishing in or spearing in between there he's good to go so he's sleeping one of his five different varieties of monsters didn't have him awake no he, he i don't think he had a single energy drink oh, wow. while we were in there which was probably for the best if you <laughs> if you are all of a sudden drinking energy drinks in there you get a burst of energy while there's literally nothing, nothing you can do on. yeah it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a major problem uh so i don't think he had a single one actually but no he, he was sleeping i i finally see the fish i step back over the hole and wake him up gabby gets up i line it up spirit they did a great job getting everything out of the hole and you know then it's just everybody's celebrating everybody pretty soon next thing you know everybody's flying over on four wheelers and utvs and snowmobiles coming to check it out say congratulations whatever and then everybody based on the the first year that i was out with you guys and we speared three in one day everybody's like all right get the spears back in get the spears back in we're gonna try and get another one and so it was it was pretty crazy. Mine was a little smaller than yours. Well, I mean by by a fair amount, um, but still just a, a good medium sized fish. But I mean we we totally agree on it. Like if it's legal, it's it's like yeah. you're spearing it. I mean if it, you can tell that it's fairly legal, it's probably gonna get right. Speared, like at least not, by us. At this point in our careers, we are absolutely not passing on anything that's that's legal. We're we're gonna spear it. So yeah it, it was an awesome experience and it's worth noting that at the time that this podcast comes out your video is already out so if you haven't seen that you definitely want to go check that one out and mine we're not sure yet when we're going to post it it's either just been posted or it's going to be posted really really soon when this comes out um and then we actually had mike mcdowell who was on the podcast last week he speared one on Sunday. Unbelievable. And then we also got that one on camera. So we're going to have that one coming out shortly after mine. So we have a ton of content for you guys. I'm super, super shocked that we were able to get that much this year, especially since we were having so many issues with our GoPros recently. Mm-hmm. Like the, and, and I don't think it was more the GoPros. It was more the SD cards. But we were just having issues trying to get foot. Like we were just losing footage. And so we were thinking, man, even if we spear one and even if it's recording, is this footage just going to get lost? Like, are we just not even going to have it? And then to have three all get speared, all on camera, and we have all the footage is just like, it was meant to be. It was unbelievable. So definitely keep your eye out for that stuff. Yeah. Those are going to be some really awesome videos. But Two uh, uh, different, two totally different reactions. Uh, yeah. 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 You're, mis- a- you're Mr. Calm over here, and I'm over here blowing a gasket, freaking out, yelling, screaming swearing and you're it's, just hey can i have the gaff and it's, uh, a, it's a different a couple beeps in that video yeah <laughs> it's, it's a little different different style which was also shocking because then mike is usually more along those lines and he fully admits to that and whatever but this was his first one in nine years and he was like totally cool calm and collected <laughs> he just took his time getting it up they got everything out it was awesome and 
Um, he was with his son, Jeb, who I was with last year when I speared my first fish. Um, so that was just really cool for both of them to be there and then to get it all on camera and be able to relive that day forever is, is really, really cool. But, um, yeah, that's, I think that's as much as we're going to talk about for now. With the, I, I do have a couple of questions or, okay. or, or comments on that. The first thing was, was like the text to you guys at whatever nine thirty. my first response was bullshit. Like, <laughs> no way they both have one already. It's like less than two hours into the season. And my second thought immediately went to, did they both spear them out of the same shack again? Like that would right. have been ridiculous. Uh, but you guys obviously were in different shacks. Um, my third thought is, did, did you like, thinking back now or is that a nerve-wracking move to be straddling the hole and then to step back over while that fish is underneath you like just mm. thinking back on that like that fish could have seen you that movement and taken off uh the, i think if you were in shallow water it would have been a different story well, can you give away I how deep a water maybe, you were in or not or is that top secret information to be honest with you i don't know for sure i what could i you heard see the it, bottom? yes but it was really clear this year so okay. what i heard it was was either like 15 to 17 maybe that's really good that's, visibility. that's really good yeah. visibility that's really deep and then even where we were like we have multiple different shacks within the group and some of them were way more clear than others like there was a distinct difference even though they were only i mean each of them was probably no more than two three hundred yards sure. apart so just in that area it was some variability but everybody could see fairly decent and we could see pretty good i don't i mean i don't know how much they can look up you know, and more you, so, like, I think they could sense or sense the movement. Sense or they, they might it. be able to. Yeah, I, I don't know. It it was never really I mean, anything that crossed my mind that much. It's just, I don't know. I, I've ne like with deer, you hear all about that. People talk about it, you know, because it is a real thing. Like you have to be so still, you can't yeah. move, you can't blink. You like you just have to watch every movement. And I've just never heard anybody talk about that. Was like nobody's ever said, oh, I you know, I had a fish in the hole and then I moved and then it bolted like i've just never heard any stories like that so it just never crossed my mind i just yeah i mean you see in the video when it comes out it, i just saw it come through step back over the hole real quick grab the spear and it was off did either of them come to the decoy yours did not mine right? was cruising on the outside of the hole yeah and mine i mean it's hard to tell because i don't know was there one fish was there two fish was it mud was it whatever but when i speared it it, it might have circled around and had some weird pattern and then some of it might have been mud that's probably the most likely sure. scenario um but when i speared it it was a hundred percent coming into the decoy yep. and it was still like it was just kind of like it was sitting there almost right before you yep. speared it yeah like, it wasn't moving very fast and when yeah when i speared it it, it was just kind of laying there mm -hmm. yeah nice read the script came in sat there gave some good video footage absolutely nice Nice. Well, hey, with that, let's uh, let's get this episode rolling. This is going to be we're tabbing it like the favorites podcast. So I'm going to I have a bunch of topics per se and going to ask these guys and I'll chime in a little bit myself on like what our favorite thing is based on the topic and probably a, maybe a tough one after you guys just speared fish this weekend. But your favorite outdoor season, would it be turkey hunting, deer hunting? open water fishing, ice fishing, sturgeon spearing, small game hunting. What takes the cake for you guys? I'm probably going to have to go deer hunting just because um, it's a much longer season and a lot more opportunity. I mean, don't get me wrong, sturgeon spearing is a close second. I might be a, a little bit leaning towards that side just because I speared one and I've speared two in the last three years, and that's like one hell of a rush. But uh, deer hunting definitely takes it for me. 
I've been doing that as long as I can remember and a lot of great memories out in the woods. So yeah, deer hunting for me. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's, it's not, it's not even a question. It's deer hunting. Like, yeah, it's just not, I mean, sturgeon spearing, don't get me wrong. It's awesome. And when you spear one, it's unbelievable. Like it's, it's like nothing else, but it, you know, you, you could talk about being in the shack and not seeing one, not spearing one, the, the boredom that takes place there and, and whatever. Um, it is nice because you get to like still have conversations and listen to music and be on your phone. Like you can do all of those things that you can't necessarily do when you're sitting there watching for deer, because like we said, you know, you, you have to be so conscious of all your movements and scent. I mean, you can have snacks, people are drinking beer. Like you can just do whatever you want in there. Hey, so, you can do that deer hunting. Well, I, you, you I, can. I came across can, a guy once on public land. <laughs> um, I was trying to go to hunt an area. This is sidetracking the story already. <laughs> uh, but I came up on this guy and he was hunting in the area. I didn't see him until I was unfortunately pretty close to him, but he uh, had a cup holder screwed into the tree, which had a natty light. And meanwhile, he was smoking a cigarette <laughs> and without even a whisper, he just waves at me and, hey, buddy, how's it going? what are you seeing anything i don't like well, sorry to like interrupt on your spot are you seeing anything <laughs> no i've been a slow day and i go well, no shit a slow day. <laughs> wonder why but uh, and he probably had so much fun out there that day uh, yeah i guarantee he had a blast he was away from the wife for the day he was just in you know he was on cloud nine up there with yep. his drinking beer smoking beer. darts Oh man, no, but I mean, there, there is that element of it where there's like more going on. So you could say, I guess that maybe it's not as boring because you can do all that stuff. But at the same time, when it comes to deer hunting, it's like, that's such a year round thing for us because then I rope in shed hunting, which we love to do. And to me, I think that's part of it and planting food plots and all the things that you can do with preparing the land and, and, you know, water holes, having trail cameras, patterning deer, naming deer watching deer i mean that's the thing for me that that really uh tips the scales in, in the favor of deer hunting is that w- with these deer right we, we all have target bucks and then you watch them for months and months and months you watch them grow you try to pattern them you give them names when they show up on your trail camera and you, you got a cell camera and the notification comes through it's like it's such a big deal and with sturgeon spearing you know the, the fish that you spear is a fish that you've never seen before like you don't have any relationship with the fish. And I think that's where it's a little bit different. Like with deer in in deer hunting, this could be a deer that you've seen while you're in the woods that you've had encounters with before. And then, you know, maybe you have one encounter and then you shoot it later, or maybe it's multiple encounters. Maybe it's multiple encounters over a number of years. I, I just think the, the relationship that you can build with certain deer and the amount of time, just this, the year round aspect of it. I mean, it's an obsession for us. You know, it's just, I think it's just different. It's just, it's different, man. I, I think it's deer hunting all the way. I, I agree. I want to go back a little bit on that, but for some reason, when I spear surgeon, I, I don't feel like that when I shoot a deer, like I'm still like when I shoot a, when I shot my biggest buck, I was still like super excited and adrenaline, but like, I think it was just a little different because for spearing, it happens so quick. You see him, you spear him and you pull him out. Like there's no like waiting in between waiting to go look for him or i mean even if you see him fall over but it's just like it all happens within 30 seconds and then you got your fish and it's it's just a rush like no other and i like the i love the deer hunting that it's a whole uh year-round thing but um i really like the camaraderie of the certain spearing like all the events and going to Wentz and 
a thousand people there. Everybody's congratulating you. I mean, there's not a there's not an unhappy person there. I mean, right. everybody's super stoked for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, how big it is. Everyone's congratulatory. So that it, that's what I like about kind that. Kind of a hero for the day, right? If you get yeah, right, pretty much hanging on the pole. Yeah, there. pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it, it's worth noting too that like any of these other topics, right? Turkey hunting, fishing, small game. Like we we still love all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's still all. It's still all great too, but yeah, I think deer hunting and, and you know, just the, um, yeah, l- like you said, there's, there's the camaraderie with sturgeon spearing, but I think with deer hunting, you have a lot of that too, but on a smaller scale, it's a smaller scale. I just really enjoy like the cat and mouse of it all. Mm-hmm. The just you're playing chess, you're going back and forth. It just the relationship that you end up having with a deer that you might see for years and years before you end up getting, or maybe you never get it. Like just. I think that whole, that cat and mouse aspect of it. And, you know, like you said, when you get a sturgeon, it's usually something that's going to happen pretty quick with deer hunting. You know, you could spot a deer, like think about the one that Eli shot with a gun this year that he watched for so long and then he watched it bed down and then it had to get up. Like, I like that element of it where you have so much extra time and your heart's pounding and you're just like waiting there with, I, I, I don't know. To me, I, I appreciate the cat and mouse. I appreciate the extra time that you spend you know with the animal the extra time you spend waiting to get your hands on it i i don't know i think that adds to it for me but like you said the rush of surgeon spearing and having it all happen so fast and like the instant reward like boom there's the fish and the element of even once you spear it now you got to get it out of the hole and then out of the shack um and it's all pretty cool but yeah yeah i mean i think it's deer hunting for me i think it is for jake but Mm I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of them. I'm yeah. glad we get to do all of them. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's awesome. Absolutely. I'm not going to elaborate on all these, what it is for me, but for me it definitely is deer, um, probably fishing second, and turkey hunting third. I don't small game hunt or sturgeon spear, so um, I've gone along with friends sturgeon spearing and seen fish get speared. It, maybe maybe it would be different if the spear was in my hand, but um, definitely probably that order for me, deer hunting, fishing turkey hunting so i think we got to get you out there yeah probably next year well i'm close to drawing uh upper river tag oh. uh, that's when i will <laughs> go so i'm probably about two years away from that i think i'll have seven points next year and it may maybe it'll take eight or nine so okay. maybe two well, three years away my dad's got okay. seven too so mm-hmm. nice. all right that's promising i like to go. hear that i know a guy that lives over that way that yeah stayed <laughs> <by>. Sweet. <laughs> so how about this one uh moving on favorite how about your favorite uh hunting partner well, obviously, I'd say you're my favorite, and then obviously my dad would That's be cute. <laughs> be tied for sec. I mean, you and my dad for sure, because right. you and I have shared and started what we're doing now, and have so many core memories. And uh, even before we were filming hunting with my dad, I mean, he was there when I shot my first deer as a buck, and uh, come full circle, like uh, eight years later, nine years later, I filmed him shooting his first buck, and how long? So uh, you and him for sure. Yeah, I think especially when it comes to deer hunting, like even last year, I don't think you and I sat together a single time. So when it comes to like deer hunting together, it's just more few and far between. I think you kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Um, we, we pretty much, I, I don't want to say we only turkey hunt together, but the majority of the time when we're turkey hunting, we're together. And obviously, yeah, it's it's a blast. And um, But like you said, when it's family members like that, you know, I'm when it comes to deer hunting, pretty much every time I'm out with my brother 
out with my dad, um, sometimes out with my grandpa. Um, so just to be with all those people, like at the same time, I think that's really cool. Um, at least once or twice a year, I always try and sit with Gabby. Um, you know, and so far we haven't shot anything together or anything, but it's just fun to be able to enjoy something like that with your significant other, um, to just kind of, you know, not all the time. She doesn't have to be in the stand with me (laughs) every time necessarily, but just to do it, you know, a couple times a year is, is always really nice. Um, and then, you know, like the, the first time I ever shot something with somebody else there was that turkey that we shot. Yeah. That, were the, that we doubled up on that kind of started off our whole channel so that's obviously like right up there and then we were with ben when he shot his first one we mm-hmm. kind of guided him on that like yeah it's 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 hard to pick just anybody but yeah those are those are the tops and my uncles anytime we're mm-hmm. all up at the cabin and you're just spending time together with each other on the weekends that's always fun or if someone shoots a deer you're all you're you're all involved in it so right. that's that's what i like and you said we were cute for picking each other. Who's yours going to be? Oh, geez. Because I think we all know. <laughs> we all probably know. Because I think we all know. Yeah. Eli, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, en- I enjoy hunting with him a lot. Um, we're just very similar personalities. We are both, I think, very just positive, and we, we never get down. It, it doesn't matter if we're kind of in a, in a drought or going through some sits where we haven't seen deer. Like, we never – there, there's never like a negative attitude going around in, in camp. It's always uh, keeping things positive and looking towards the next sit. And I just enjoy strategizing with them and, and planning out where we're going to sit. And, and I think that makes a good hunting partner. It'd be hard to uh, go on trips or share camp with someone that's always like negative and down in the dumps. And, mm-hmm. you know, you got to keep it positive because you're going to fail a lot more than you're going to succeed. You're going to have a lot of sits where it doesn't go how you wanted it to go or how you predicted it to go. And, and that's okay. Like that's part of hunting. Right. And just to have a partner that shares that same attitude is a, is a big plus, I think. Right. I agree. So, mm-hmm. so speaking of part, maybe partners or maybe some guys you mentioned um, or gals, um, what's the best memory of a deer, someone else in your camp shot or whatever. And you were there to share the moment. Well, I'm probably gonna have to go with uh, again my dad when he when I filmed him shooting that one, and I was also along with him when he shot his biggest buck ever. I was I was five years old, and he took me out on a Friday after Thanksgiving, and we were on my grandpa's land, and he shoots a 153 or 148 inch buck. So, uh, I mean, I barely could see it, and I just saw the the fireball come out of the gun. And it was pretty early in the morning. He was chasing a doe, and uh, that, that was pretty cool. So those two are my top my top two for sure. Yeah, I think when you shot Blade Runner, that probably has to take the cake for me as far as, uh, you know, favorite deer that somebody else shot because it, it was the first one that we ever got on camera for Buck Fever. So that was like a, you know, pretty big moment uh, for us with our business, but also um, opening day, you know, to, in a giant buck, one that we had found the sheds of, the like, well, I guess that spring, um, and then all the inches that he put on and then getting to we left uh, our property that night and drove home and because yeah. where you guys hunt is kind of on the way back. And so we uh, stopped in there and got to see it and take some pictures. And I mean, that you just couldn't have had a, couldn't have asked for a better memory there from a deer that somebody else shot. So that, that one's gotta be mine. Yeah. My favorite one is actually one that Eli shot. It was his first buck 
ever. Um, we were just kind of hunting the, or just had gotten that Stoddard land or land south of La Crosse. Um, so we were young, kind of into bow hunting, both in college. And I remember I was sitting just in a ground blind looking over this brushy area and he was sitting some field edge corner <clears throat> and it's like eight thirty or nine o'clock and I can see him walking across the field and I'm like I think he was 300 yards away and I could tell in his step I'm like he just he shot a buck like I can tell he just had that <laughs> like mojo with him yep um and it was only like you know looking back now just bigger than a basket eight he ended up getting it mounted um and he's always like, oh, I can't believe I got that deer mounted. I'm like, dude, that memory is like one of my favorite memories of us hunting yeah, together. Is right. like, I still remember him coming across the field and just being so jacked up, <laughs> his first deer ever. And and I didn't care that he was screwing up my hunt or that we were cutting the day short at 8, 30, 9 o'clock, whatever it was. I was like just as jacked as he was and, you know, ready to go get that, recover the deer. And, That's awesome. Um, yeah, pretty cool memory. So how about tree stand snacks, guys? What's the favorite up in the tree? Honestly, I don't eat. I really don't eat I in the snack. That, yeah. I I mean, I'll pack some if for gun season when we're sitting all day. I'll or like during the rut, like a sandwich or uh, some candy. But I really, I really There's don't no ever go eat. No go-to candy bar. Oh, candy bar. Um, I'm a I'm a Twix guy and a Three okay. Musketeer. I love Reese peanut butter cups, but uh, I mean that doesn't really candy bar. Yeah, I so I've got somewhat of an unpopular opinion here that I have no idea how it's possibly unpopular because it's just like an unmatched candy bar i like the reese's fast break okay that thing is i mean it's just the best ever because like obviously reese's peanut butter cups are good the best my issue with them is you got to undo like six packages to get to the thing or two you know what i mean just two no 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 there's multiple yeah, there's the orange thing, one there's a like white six, one yeah. there's a brown like i mean you just keep going you just got to keep peeling the onion before you finally get to the thing. And then it's like, well, is it even really worth it? 100%. But with the, well, 80%, but with the Reese's fast break, but plus then you got to, you got to peel, you, you'd have to peel like 30 packages to get as much out of a Reese's peanut butter cup as you're going to get out of a fast break. Cause that's just like the whole thing. And you got to go. Seems king. like you like thought you, this one out you, for a while. I, it's been years. I've been trying to preach this to people and they just don't get it. Because, I mean, you got to go king size, right? So you're talking it's a good size candy bar, and then you've got all the elements, but it's one package, and it's in candy bar version. So you can just eat it, you know, just like a regular candy bar, and it's not a cup that's all awkward and stuff. It's, king, I mean, it's king as good size, as it are you taking down the whole fast break bar in one? Like, oh, yeah. It, if you open it up, is it gone? Yep. It's tummy probably gone in under a yeah, minute. Yeah, tummy yeah. ache and all. Maybe 30 100%. seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, the issue is when it gets later in the season, she freezes up on you. Yeah, and that's a little hard. To and then it, it's tough yeah. to chew, it's Breaking tough to bite. Ice. Yeah, and I can't but, talk. I eat my food very fast too. And no. We're both like that though. Who yeah. wants to sit and look at the food? Right. No. I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. Oh yeah. My wife tells me all the time I eat way too fast, and I don't know. Yeah, I'm hungry. Right. That's what else am I gonna do? That's what I was there for. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of peeling stuff back, there was a debate on this when we posted this on Facebook. I think back in the fall and I said my favorite tree stand snack was a nutty bar. Mm -hmm. And there were some comments on there that like, you have to like slowly peel each layer of the nutty bar back and eat it like that. Like no way, man, that nutty bar, as soon as that thing's cracked, it doesn't stand a chance. I'm mowing that thing down. Yeah. It's just too much, too much work. Yeah. Once again, yeah. that's the most psychotic thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Just and eat it. my, my former boss, he, he started that cause <laughs> I would, I would bring a nutty bar to work. 
And then I would eat it for lunch in the truck. And then he, he looked over at me one day when I'm eating it and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm, I'm just eating just my nutty bar, man. What's going on? He's like, you got to pick it apart. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> like, am I riding with Jeffrey Dahmer right now? What are you talking about? How do you peel the thing apart? And then he's like, well, you get so much more flavor out of it. I'm like, how is that possible? You're getting less when you peel it apart. Now you have chunks that are less than when it's all together. Yeah, I want it, five layers of flavor all in one bite. Exactly. That's the whole point. That's why it's packaged like that. Mm-hmm. And then, I know, but then the shocking part was that then there was others. Yeah. There was other Dahmers out there. Mm-hmm. Gabby being one of them. No she's sort not. of a switch. She kind of goes back and forth. It depends on <laughs> how much time she wants to take killing her meal before she eats it. Uh, I mean, there's some others in the crowd. It's just... It's unbelievable. Which, yeah, I, mean, I don't it's, know. It's, it's, I don't know. Who, I just, who wants to work for their food? That's why I don't get bone-in wings. That's way too much work. Yeah, that's true. But I'm, I'm, but, I'm, but, but what's the point? But there is none. Like, what's the point in peeling it apart? Like, I just don't get it. Same with string cheese. Just eat it. Yeah, just eat it. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, peel string just cheese. Eat mm-hmm. Just eat it. I, I don't know, man. That doesn't make sense. Mm. That was a good debate there. <laughs> it was. Tree stand snack. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oh, we're going to keep talking about food. How about your favorite cut of venison? Oh, you want a good debate? Wait till you oh, hear I, this I, I know crock this of is crap. Yeah, well, I mean. Well, well, well. See how much support you get in the comments here. <laughs> Everybody loves a good um, backstrap steak, which I've had. They're good. And unfortunately, what we do with all our deer, they just get right into sausage. So we get. Unfortunately, you have the option, dude. You can and do all? whatever you want. Backstrap and all. But you don't, the amount of brats and hot dogs I have in my freezer right now is insane. But I've, I've made this clear to my dad that the next year we shoot, I'm going to take the back straps and cook them up that night on the grill. So, I mean, I, it, I really like venison. Like it, I don't, we don't do it cause it, I don't think it tastes as good if you put like, you had to put beef in it. No, I, I really like venison. So yeah. it's just what we've always done. That's all. That's all I know. Basically. The problem I've got is Jake shoots two or three deer a year. I don't I don't shoot deer. It's not that I don't try to shoot deer, it's just I don't shoot deer. So then like the amount of times that I've had backstraps is very little. Uh but the next year that I shoot, we will be harvesting the backstraps separately and and that's yeah, that's going to be it. I mean there's other good cuts of meat too. A lot of people have good ways of cooking them up, but like that's just the classic. How do you how do you not eat that, man? Yeah, it's got to be venison backstrap. So yeah. If it, if it's not a cut, I guess what venison product is is your favorite? Like if you get it made yeah, into brats, something, hot dogs, all brats for sure. I used to the place we used to go to, their hot sticks were really good. But the place we go to now, they're they're all right. But I love the brats. I'll sit down and eat. I'll eat the whole four four of them in one sitting, and then and they got hot dogs, which are really good. But I ate six of them one night. Six with six buns with condiments all on them. So I mean that that that's impressive. Too. Yeah, and my buddies they each ate. Well, how many do we have? They each ate five. Sean Trailing. Yeah. yeah, they're. I mean, they're not that big. Oh, none of you yeah. guys are that big of dudes. That's uh, no. I mean, they're throwing down I, a lot of meat, and only because we have like we got like five or six different flavors, like Philly cheese steak, Badger, which is a cheddar broad, and mushroom and Swiss, Italian. So it it's not just a plain broad. I mean, you don't have to try all the flavors in one sitting. Well, but no, like but yeah, <laughs> you, you, I mean. You know, if you wanted to, you could. If you wanted to, yeah, you definitely could. Um, I think another one to throw in there: venison bacon can be all right. Oh, we oh, do absolutely. have that. Yeah. Um, it kind of sucks in some ways because like there's no fat, and the best part of bacon 
is fat, which I'm notoriously a bacon hater, so I'm not even like the best person to be talking about this. Who but are you guys? I'm it. No bacon backstrap. No bacon. He's weird. What's going on? I'll, I'll take the hit well, for the backstraps, but well, he's. You just, know what's really good, Jake? <laughs> venison backstrap wrapped in bacon. I'm gonna try on it. The grill. <laughs> I, I know. know you've just divided us. Neither one of us can eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Bacon it ruins a cheeseburger. Like there's just no sense in having Get that out on of there. Here. I'm a cheeseburger purist. You don't need bacon on it. You can no. And then when you eat bacon just by itself, it kind of gives you a tummy ache, and then it's like, eh, because it's grease. Eh. Right. I know. I, I like. I don't need that. I'm a muffin guy. That's what I have every day for breakfast. A, muffin. a good muffin. What, well, what sometimes too much chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. Okay. The more chocolate, the better. As much chocolate as I can get. That's if I could just eat chocolate bars. He's kind of he's kind of like a too. little kid in a in a grown up body. <laughs> in, yeah, in some ways for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. Anyways, I'm kind of a bacon hater, but venison bacon deserves a shout out. It can be kind of good. Ours I'm, is, I'm a bit baffled just by some of this stuff. Our venison bacon's pretty good because if I, you cook it. And then, like, you put it back in the fridge, and then you can just eat it like jerky. Like, right. You, you yeah. eat it cold like jerky because yeah. it, it's it's like this. It's pretty wide, so. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm making a lot of good points here, Colby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think there's that big of a controversy here. I hope there's a couple comments after this podcast <laughs> to, 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 to counter that. Maybe. There should be a plethora. Yeah. I'm going to – I'll be forever known as the bacon hater. Bacon hater. Are you a guy, Colby, who, like, makes all their own uh, deer stuff? And you? Uh, a little bit of both. We – process some of our own and i still have some places i do enjoy taking stuff too because i feel like they make good products so um especially like ven- i love venison hot dogs that might even be my number one um not brats so, uh, i'd take a hot dog venison hot dog over a brat okay. Mm-hmm. okay i'm really big on like chicago hot dogs so oh. taking a ven- venison dog and doctoring it all up and making it chicago style by far my favorite. It's a fair statement. Okay. So. All right. Let's get into some, like, more true deer hunting talk. How about, uh, do you prefer, I guess, favorite morning or afternoon sit when it comes to the early season? I don't sit morning, so I'm a, I'm a big afternoon guy. Afternoon, because waking up early sucks. <laughs> afternoon. Um, how about when that comes to the pre-rut? I guess uh, second half of October, favorite going out in the morning or still staying in with those afternoon sets? I'm still mostly afternoon unless we get a huge cold front to roll through. Afternoon because getting up early sucks, but uh, during the pre-rut and the rut, um, at least where we're hunting, the action's always better in the morning. I kind of toss up on the pre-rut thing. I that's when I do start to sit a lot of mornings. Um, if it's cold enough, definitely the morning. Um, but if the cold front's not there, probably still sticking with the afternoon stuff. Um, how about the rut when we start to get into no- early part of November? Those are definitely mostly all dayers or with a break in between of a couple hours. If you're moving stands or go back and get some food and take a quick nap or something like that. If but you only had six hours to sit, are you taking the morning or the afternoon? I'm going to sit the morning. Uh, six hours to sit afternoon. I'm going to go with the morning. I, I have a lot of success when it comes to November and the rut in the, in the mornings and not so much in the afternoon. So 
I just don't like getting up early. That, uh, that seems to be a <laughs> hard. It's hard. I mean, to turkey, be a hunter. turkey season is coming right around the corner. I'm dreading it already. I mean, oh my turkey god, is, getting up for turkeys is brutal. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably go like five times. <laughs> if that. Yeah, right. I'm always texting him. Hey, you want to go? And what time uh, are we leaving? I'll pick you up at two thirty. Ooh, that sounds pretty early. Yeah. 2.30 is pretty early. Yeah, That's it is. That's intense. It yeah. is. But you guys got to drive like an hour. Yeah, early. and in and, and NMA, it's getting light at 4.45. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one on that topic would be late season. I'm guessing we're all going to say the afternoon. Oh, yeah. I don't get up for that. Yeah. 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 Okay. How about your favorite? If you had to choose your favorite time of year to hunt, you get like a two-week window. <sighs> what time of year is going to be your favorite? We're talking whitetails and bow hunting or gun hunting. Yep. Well, I've killed way more deer, way more bucks early season with the bow, but I still love November. Um, obviously, I haven't got a lot of time to hunt it. Being in school, I didn't in sports, can't really take off and uh, sit the whole week like I can now with work. But so I'm gonna have to still go with like early November, just because of it's it's November and anything can happen, and you see a lot of cool things during that time. Yeah, if I've got 14 days, give me eight of them at the end of October and six of them in the beginning of November. Is that 14? Yeah. Eight, yeah, eight yeah. plus six. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, this one's tough for me. Like if you said take a two week window where you think you can kill the best buck, I would probably say early season. If you say, what's your favorite time to hunt that like really gets you jacked up juices flowing, just filled with anticipation. It's probably going to be like, October 28th through whatever, November 11th or 12th, whatever that 14-day window looks like there. It, it's just that time of year is special to be in a tree. You just don't know what you're going to what you're gonna come across each day. You know, magic kind of happens in the woods during that time. There can be a lot of bad sits, which we've talked about previously, but there can be some magical sits as well during that time frame. I also like the early season a lot, but it's just so, like, it's been getting a lot warmer and warmer as we go and it's almost unbearable but no you're still gonna go out there obviously and like i said i've had a lot more luck that way so right and and two i guess like if when you're choosing that two-week window rut ish or pre-rut time you're, you're bringing mornings and evenings into the equation where early season a lot a lot of the time it's just afternoon mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um what's your favorite bow or gun season I like I like gun season because we get together and my uncles and cousins who don't bow hunt all come up and we have a pretty good time. But I gotta go bow hunting. I like the challenge. I love trying to get deer that close to you and not knowing they're there and trying to be, you have to be a lot more accurate and uh, a lot more practice, so to say, with a bow than a gun. And so I'm I'm definitely a bow guy. Yeah, I mean gun season's where you get more of that camaraderie, like you talk about with sturgeon spearing. It, it's that's gonna come during gun season um but like i was saying earlier and like you just said with the cat and mouse of it and you know how close you have to get how good of a shot you have to be i i love all that stuff so yeah it's it's got to be bow season yeah i think i'll go with bow as well i enjoy all the things about gun season as well the camp camaraderie and and just all that goes into that but still it's, it's got to be stick and string in your hands so yep all right. How about uh, looking at tree stand setups? Um, what would be your favorite early season setup? Like ideal scenario. What What's the stand you like going to? Ideal scenario. 
if we're talking where I hunt, if there's beans, I'm sitting on the edge of the fields right over a water hole and then beans, I'm looking over them. If there's corn, I'm probably going to go sit over a food plot. Um, and then during the rut, I like the rut because we can, I like getting down there and getting really dangerous with them and Mm -hmm. getting to where they're living basically. And I, I think you can get away with that a lot more during the rut. So I like that, like get into the swamps or their bedding area during the rut. That that's what I like doing. Yeah. I think early season, um, I would say probably a, a food source of some sort, probably a food plot. Uh, maybe not right on top of it, but at least nearish to it or uh, just off of it a little ways where you kind of think they might be traveling from. Um, yeah. It, it's gotta be, gotta be a food plot of some sort. Yeah. Early season's all about the food, right? So I'm going to piggyback off what Jake said. If I got like, maybe I'm not quite on the field edge or maybe I am, but if I can still shoot to, like beans behind me and I know where they're bedding and I'm kind of in between where they're bedding and their destination food source being beans yet. Or maybe I'm on the edge of that. Maybe there's some acorns on the way or something or a water hole or some other attractant. That's definitely my early season favorite. How about the rut? I know Jake kind of touched, touched on the rut, but you got a favorite rut stand? Um, yeah. I mean, give me a licking branch. Um, I know Jeff Sturgis with Whitetail Habitat Solutions. That's we watch his channel quite a bit and get a lot of good knowledge. Um, so I, I don't want to take credit at all for having these or coming up with these or anything. It's just stuff that he has done and has promoted. And um, I, I mean, I guess for anybody who doesn't know, real quick, it, it's just it's basically uh, you you take a vine that's naturally hanging out in the woods and um, you hang it up over a trail kind of make a little scrape um sometimes you refer to him as a licking branch sometimes it's like a mock scrape type of situation he doesn't put any sort of scent on it or anything and um we never have either and it's, it's one of those things where you think like well i mean there's a lot of branches a lot of sticks a lot of vines in the woods why would a deer care about this and you know we tried it out we tried it out a little bit last year and then a little bit more this year and you get pictures and videos like crazy. They're just all over that thing. And during the rut, when they're trying to figure out where does are and they're traveling a bunch um, and they might be moving pretty quick, it's usually a little landmark that they kind of stop at for a second. So you can get on a good hot trail and um, get on a, get on a licking branch there. I think you can't beat it. Uh, Like food at, or uh, sorry. Yeah. Like edge of food with the licking branch or are you back in the woods during the rut? I think I'm back in the woods a little bit sure. more. I mean, so we, we did film an episode, like one of our first ones, about using a, a doe decoy. Um, and then in that case, I'm in more of an open area where they might be kind of checking a food plot or checking a, a cut field or something, like to visually see yep. any does out there. Um, we had that when I was sitting with Gabby. We came really, really, really close uh, to shooting a, a really nice buck. Um, and I think I kind of screwed that one up by not having a decoy out there at the time because, um, we just didn't know it's tough with decoys. You don't want to spook them. Um, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. And that buck came out, saw another deer that was in the field, which we had already identified as a nub buck, but he had not yet. So we saw it and then chased after it and, uh, you know, decided if he wanted to breed it or not and realized he wasn't gonna but then he i mean he was just confused he was embarrassed and he kind of tucked his <laughs> tail and 
just ran off into the woods and we never got him. And I, I think that was my fault. We should have had a decoy out there. But, uh, yeah, it, you know, if if you're over something like that and then you got a decoy, that can be pretty good. But if, if it's up to me, what I usually do would just be tucked back in the woods. Sure. Uh, I guess I could chime in on it. My rut for me, we're hunting a lot of hills and coolies and valleys and stuff. So, um, I love funnels or pinch points between two bedding areas. Um, for us, a lot of times that's like the top of a ditch crossing or in these deep ditches, maybe it's not the top. If it's not the top, you find halfway down, where is the main crossing between this ridge top over here and this ridge top, um, over on this other side and where are they going to cross when they want to go? cruise and scent check yep. or check those different bedding areas so it's just funnels for me so hunting in the hills and stuff have you ever used a decoy uh we have on some of the open fields um eli i think he's got a story of hitting a big buck that came into a decoy and he didn't find it uh he'd have mm -hmm. to elaborate on that but i think that was an, a deer we called mj pretty sure he had a decoy i, I had one come in once uh, a big nine point came into the decoy it was like borderline gonna shoot not gonna shoot um he came all the way across the field he was like 200 yards away and i think i just grunted as loud as i possibly could to get his attention and as soon as he put his ears up and eyes over our way he saw the decoy and came flying in <laughs> like 200 yards in 15 seconds yep and uh got a little close and then he kind of freaked out and by the decoy and turned and ran away but i wasn't convinced i was going to shoot him or not so is that a buck decoy or a doe decoy that was a like a half rack buck oh. we took one side off yeah i had a uh oh my dad was out with a decoy this year and and he had a buck come screaming in at him I'm, I'm almost positive i'm remembering that correctly but um i was just going to say in that video that we made about the decoys i had a buck who I didn't see at the time. I just heard sticks breaking behind me. Turns out it was a buck chasing a doe. And he left that real live doe to come and check out my doe decoy. And the doe decoy I was using in the video is a foam target. <laughs> it's like one of the Glendale bucks or uh, nice. um, maybe it's not Glendale. No, it I mean, it's, it's like one of those. Like he, he left a real live actual doe and came up for a foam target that has arrow holes in it because we use it for practice. And, and it's got you know the the antlers in it that we just took out so it's got holes in its head where the antlers should go looks like a shed buck yeah yeah kind of nice so they can be really effective <laughs> <laughs> how about uh let's skip down to the favorite what's your ideal or favorite weather for hunt any hunting day i guess pick the time of year what's your favorite perfect weather conditions where you see the forecast you're like all right go time this is going to be great this is what i want like good hunting conditions yeah. or like makes me happy because it's well, nice out <laughs> yeah 75 and on a beach isn't where you shoot whitetails yeah. yes. well no but it's nice <laughs> okay. um i like the october november when you see like those 20 degree mornings but not windy i'm not a wind guy i like i i like hearing the deer before i see them type of thing or like knowing that there's something around so i can look in that direction i, I love the I don't like the crunchiness when you're walking in, but it can also be effective to kind of get them on their feet and listen. But I, I don't like wind. I mean, there's there's a point to be said with a, like a little wind, like two, three, four, five miles an hour. But when it's like constantly 12 miles an hour, I don't, I don't like that at all. So, yeah, I would say give me six, seven, eight miles an hour just so that I don't have any scent pooling up, you know, right below me or whatever. And 
and then obviously there's thermals that play a role in that too especially if you're in hill country like you would be colby but yeah give me just a little bit of wind nothing crazy um i would say i i would like you know the end of october early november probably mm, like high 30s maybe maybe low 40s I, I i don't feel like it has to be miserably cold to see deer especially that time of year um so if it's kind of in that 40 degree range i think that's about perfect i'm kind of with you on that i i don't like the really really cold mornings like i have found that when it it gets so cold that everything's like frosty and crunchy i don't tend to those sits don't seem to be as good right for me i would like a nice low of 28 30 degrees when you're first going out where it's going to get up to 38 to 42 degrees where plus you can dress for that right like you can we got good enough clothes to you can handle that all day long. Um, I'm kind of like a sweet spot for me wind-wise is 7 to 10. So I like a little bit of wind so that you can get a good prediction on where that wind's blowing to. Um, and you can use that to your advantage on your entry routes um, as well as where you're going to sit because you get a better idea of where your wind and your scent is actually going to go. Versus sometimes those calm days, like like you said, it pools up below you um, or you really got to understand how thermals are working. So I like a, a good steady, nothing overpowering. I also hate really windy days, um, but a good seven to ten, where it's predictable, is where I'm at on that. I, I also I also like the sun. Yeah, yeah I like sunny sunny, sunny, sunny days. bluebird sky yeah. days. Yep, absolutely. Yep. That's a good point. A lot more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about your? Uh, you're in the business of this, but how about your favorite TV show or? Or media could be, I guess, a lot of stuffs on YouTube now. But your favorite hunting media? Buck Fever Outdoors, Colby. Are you crazy? Besides yeah. Buck Fever Outdoors, about? like number one, of Come course. On. But I guess your number two favorite. Don't have one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right? There's, um, not, there's not a number two. There's a, <laughs> like a number five. But um, I really, I really enjoy the hunting public seeing what they do. I like, I really like Midwest Whitetail too, because they're kind of more of. I mean, the Midwest and Wisconsin and Iowa, where a lot of those guys hunt in Illinois, is pretty similar. Uh, Seek one, I really started watching too, which I think is cool because they're all the the urban and mm-hmm. shooting them in people's backyards, shooting 180 inch deer, which is insane to me. But no, I, I like the Midwest whitetail and the hunting public boys a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's there's tons of good ones out there. Like you said, those are those are both good ones. Um, mentioning Whitetail Habitat Solutions and Jeff Sturgis. Um, he doesn't really film a lot of his hunts and like put those out there, but just the content that he makes as like a hunting um, show or, or media, I think is really good. Uh, a couple of years ago, you kind of put me on to seek one and they're, man, they're, they're about as good as it gets. Their editing is off the charts. The filming that they do is also extremely good. I mean, it's, if you want to be really good at editing, you have to have a lot of really good footage and they just do an, awesome like unbelievable job at that and on top of that they're shooting 200 inch deer i mean it's it's unreal they're, they're my favorite it's they, they seem like really really good guys yeah, um, they very always personable yeah th- their videos are always must watch videos yeah you guys mentioned a ton of ton of good ones and ones that i enjoy as well um my, my all-time favorite for sure like hands down is whitetail adrenaline mm-hmm. uh, those dvds i think they're just so they capture everything that's real like they're they, they must film every single second of everything they're doing um and their videos can get really long but i 
I love sitting down for five hours and watching a, one of their DVDs. But um, Midwest Whitetail is awesome. I really love the stuff uh, when Bill Winky was there. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, disappointed that Jared Mills is leaving the show. Yeah. Um, I always enjoyed him. He was one of my um, favorites. Heartland Bowhunter, I always loved their um, videography, if you would mm-hmm. call it, per yep. se, or presentation. They always did such a phenomenal job. And I've always just been a huge fan of Drury Outdoors. I know some people like get turned mm-hmm. off with that because they're doing a lot of just box blind hunting over food plots. But I just so those guys are so smart and they've been at it for so long. Extremely. Um, I forgot about them. And yeah, they just yeah, have yeah. such a high production quality. I really enjoy their stuff as well. And I mean, hunting public. Uh, I've not seen Seek One yet. Maybe I'll have to oh, check Colby. that out. So yeah, it's unreal. You, you definitely got to check it out when it comes to like their videography and, and that stuff it's it's unmatched but yeah like you said the juries yeah they're um, they're they're very good i mean you talk about obsessed like I, I've i mean, listened to some podcasts with them on it they are he, obsessed i mean like if he's going into a stand from what i understand like he's pretty confident he's gonna kill a deer like he's not going in there to to sit because he thinks he might have a chance like he's pretty confident he's gonna kill him, yeah. which i think is insane that you can you know so much about deer and that that deer that he's right. going to come out at that time or that spot which is well, I've heard him talk about like saving every single picture that he gets in a year they go going through, through like all millions of millions yeah. of trail camera yeah. pictures yeah. and all the season. properties that they've got across so many different states and the like the logs that they keep on all of the patterns and everything it's it's unbelievable how about uh okay second favorite hunting podcast besides buck fever outdoors okay I like listening to Steve Rinella and the Meat Eater one. The, yeah, like the Wired to Hunt. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that one's my favorite. They do a good job. Wired to Hunt, Mike, Mark Kenyon? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's he got that. I guess there are two separate ones. Yeah, because Rinella does his own uh, like Meat Eater show. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they somewhat connected-ish? Yeah, uh, well, I think Wired to Hunt's a parent company yeah. under, underneath Meat Eater now, but that that one that one's a good one but th- they are both i also good. listen to the hunting public one too mm-hmm. every now and then yeah mark Kenyon is and wired to hunt is how i kind of got into listening to podcasts and i've been listening to his um show since he ever started it so um and then tony peterson's on there every I now love and then. tony peterson he's, he's, yep. he might be one of my favorite guys uh I would love to to meet him someday and just have conversation i think i would get along with him really well big squirrel hunter too that's kind of how he made a name for yeah, himself. Squirrel and rabbit hunting and or yeah. pheasant hunting and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also got to shout out. I, I also love um, Nine Finger Chronicles and Dan Johnson. Um, he was Kenyon's partner when they first started and then they branched oh, okay. out. Um, he's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I love him. And he, Kenyon and him are both like the same age as me or close to it. So okay. we, I feel like we relate on a lot of levels, like both have young families and kids and and I kind of enjoy when they're shooting the shit and talking about all their struggles and right stuff like that. So uh, good stuff. Yeah, I think I was actually listening to Dan Johnson's podcast on the way home today, and he was talking about how his kid threw up on the way to the bathroom, in the bathroom, but he missed the toilet. <laughs> then he came back out, puked again in the hallway. And then the next morning he was eating waffles or something and his kid sneezed and shit himself at the same time. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's just my life. So yeah. just stories like that are like, yeah, I can relate. Yep. No, I can't relate personally to that. But, but with kids, like with right. Kids, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I good gotcha. stuff. Um, next up is, I don't know if you guys even do this, but do you have a favorite hunting book or magazine? I mean, that's that's borderline offensive right there. I, I mean, Colby I, doesn't think we can read. No, it's not that. It's Wouldn't just the, the new age of how people digest 
information? I'd say we don't like we necessarily don't have. I mean, like I've there I've seen uh what are those magazines uh the Midwest Whitetail magazines is that oh what is it I don't I mean deer White, and deer hunting oh yeah is that, a that's big it, that's one. it um yeah. my uncles get those so I'll like if they have them laying around at the cabin I'll read those or look at them but I'd say our more form of getting information is social media like everybody we follow kind of like post all that stuff so that's where we kind of get all of our stuff from. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pat Colby's got a couple of good articles out on uh, oh, buckfeveroutdoors.com, nice but I wouldn't even go read those now after the comment he made before. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, Steve Rinella's got a couple of good couple of good books. He seems to just keep on writing them, um, and he does a good job. I love watching um, everything that he does on Meat Eater. He's very well-spoken, um, and his books are, are kind of the same way. If you, if you hear him talk, like on Meat Eater or on a podcast, and then you read his books, you can hear him kind of reading the book to you in a way. Yeah. Like you, you can, he, he writes the way he talks, and it, it makes for some good reading. Yeah, I know magazines are like a dying breed per se, but that's like how I grew up digesting hunting information. So I still subscribe to like probably seven, eight, or nine hunting magazines. Um, Cause you can get them so cheap now cause none of you young guys read them. So they send me like <laughs> renewals for like eight bucks for a whole year. I'm like, well, yep, sign up for another one. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Like deer and deer hunting is probably my favorite, but I think I get like North American whitetail. I get the national deer association, um, quality whitetails magazine, uh, game and fish field and stream. Uh, uh, there's a couple other ones in there. Peterson's bow hunting. I think I get like eight. <laughs> I love reading a hard copy of something information i'm a big like yeah. newspaper reader too so and mm. that's a dying breed as well so all of you young bucks taking the social media ruining my yeah you and my We're doing mom you a are favor the way i want to wake up and drink my coffee my old man coffee and read a magazine in the morning <laughs> yeah it's only 50 cents a copy because of us <laughs> that's uh -huh. true thanks appreciate that yeah and youtube's free so <laughs> <laughs> and it's like unlimited there's just an unlimited <laughs> supply of content out there but uh all right. all right, next one on the list. I don't know if we kind of hit on this already or not. Um, we can elaborate if you got a good one, but personal, your favorite personal hunting memory? No, so you, you go ahead. I got to think on this one. Are, are you talking just like in general, anything be, yeah, that's ever be. happened hunting? Or are you talking about like just I'm hunting by myself? Whatever you want to make it. Turkey, deer, that awesome time you shot that squirrel. Okay, do, do this. Do like a turkey one, a deer one, and then like a, a, a miscellaneous. How many animals do you think I've killed, Jake? We've covered this, but We've I'm killed not, a lot together, well, personally. A couple. A couple. Um, we killed like 20 squirrels this year. Yeah, we've done all right on the squirrel hunting. I, I'll pick one because there's one that stands out above the rest. Um, it's when my brother shot his first buck. It was a, a basket rack buck, um, but, you know, his first one. So he shot it, and it ran onto the neighbor's property, ran for a while. I, I believe he, like, single-lunged it. So it's not like it was that bad of a shot, but sometimes on a single lung, they can still run a ways and, and live for a little while. Um, and so we had to track it a ways on the neighbor's property. He got permission and everything, of course. Um, my grandpa, you know, knows all the, the landowners around there, so it, it wasn't an issue there. Um, and we track it for a while just going and going and i keep saying well you know he, he's hurt he's going towards water and everybody's ah that's kind of a wise tale i don't know if i believe it 
so we track them, track them, track them all the way up until we get to the creek and lose blood. Can't find anything, so we start uh, splitting off. Everybody goes one direction around the creek. Um, and I actually almost fell down the creek bank here. I don't know if I've even ever told anybody. This was like one of the most like like jump scare, like like my heart was just racing so much because it was pitch black out there and I think I had turned my flashlight off or something and I like stepped where there was no bank and I was like almost going down a ways and then I caught myself and lived to tell the tale. But uh, we actually found that buck in the river. So he literally literally went to water how'd you get him uh my grandpa swam through Love it. it was on the other side he so he just went in the river swam across grabbed it swam him back we got pictures of him uh in the river with the buck um so that was that was pretty cool that's kind of crazy i've seen some videos of, of that happening but never heard of anyone that i know and have it personally happen to them, and it so. was cold too it was cold i kind of have one about that um actually um, this year <laughs> when my uncle had to swim across the river during gun season to get uh, my cousin's buck because I walked up on him and he was I thought he was dead and then I saw him breathing so I went to shoot him and he jumped up and and he took off through the woods because I was shooting and then I took off after him and he he must have jumped off the bank into the river it was about six feet between him and the water and he just leaped off of it and then he stopped in the river, and I shot him, and he started, he tipped over, and he started floating down the river, and <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll go out there, and I get out there about four steps, and my boots are at the, as high as they go to the water, and I turn around, and me and my uncle are standing there, and all of a sudden, here comes my other uncle, swimming, like, high-stepping it through the water, <laughs> water to go get him, but uh, that was a, that was a good one recently, and it just happened, but my favorite one was probably my first buck with my dad, because it was november 4th and it was rut and he took me out and this little buck comes out and he's i swear he said it was a spike it ended up being a little basket racket and he was he was on a doe scent like like i've never seen a buck like that just following nose down i stood up the chair fell over in a tin stand uh just banging making noise i mean he didn't even move didn't even move a muscle and i shoot him I missed his shoulder blade by about a centimeter and i'm drawing 32 pounds so it probably would have bounced off of him like nothing ends up running about 90 yards and dies right next to a slope we had a or like a hill we had to drag him up i didn't drag him my dad did straight up a hill and so that was a pretty cool memory my grandpa was there so that whole poundage thing actually brings up a good point especially since uh colby would uh know a thing or two about this also um, saying i'm fat is that a fat joke <laughs> whoa 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 <laughs> we're talking about poundage He's i would never say anything like this Jeez. no wait till i tell you the story Just you'll understand like you'll, get the, you'll, you'll understand no you get a pass because you eat it like a normal bars person bacon well yes yeah. that's responsible for i don't i don't LBs. hate on anybody for liking bacon it's just more of a personal thing okay but uh no so the the first how many deer have i shot with a bow i think one I think one. Well, it shouldn't it's, take it's hard. it hard to think about it if it's, it's only it's, one. So it's, it's hard. It's hard to say that. Well, but like uh, twenty-one. I think so. I've shot one, and it, whether it's yeah, it's been one. No. You've probably yeah, been hunting been for one. what? It's been one that I shot with a bow, three with a gun. Didn't you shoot one with like a Genesis? That's bow? what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's the one. The Matthews Genesis. That's insane. The one we I, used. It, it was a gym doe, class. It was a doe that came up at like less than ten yards. Shot it with a Matthews Genesis. And the reason why you would know something about that is because you were our Fayed teacher for a long time there. 
Um, and so one of the units that we had in class was shooting archery mm-hmm. and the bows we would use in that Genesis class was the Matthews yeah. Genesis. And I, I didn't ha- even think those are at a high enough poundage to actually kill a deer. I didn't think they were either. Wow. Cause it had I, to be 30. Wow. It, with those, there's no, like, I don't think there's any like relief point at the end. No, I'm almost really. positive. There's not. So it's just like, however hard you pull it back is yeah. kind of what you're going to be getting and it, it, i wouldn't shoot out to 30 yards with it or whatever but just uh <laughs> you know just just 10 yard shot and buried it right in a rib cage That's and awesome, it, was, it, it was and as i recall i was not a bad shot in your class either no pretty good yeah. i hated I, them things why oh, i couldn't aim <laughs> go all over the place oh man they're tough to shoot for me they're not quite the draw length that I need. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Fun gym class, though. I like yeah, doing that. Absolutely. Oh, personal hunting memory for me. I got a couple, but I don't know which one I should share. Did I ever share that story of the the big one seventy four on your podcast? I think I did, right? Mm, I don't. Know. I, I think we just the originals. I think we just that mentioned really long it. One, though. I don't know if I want to dive into that. Um. One of my all-time favorites doesn't involve me. It was uh, gun hunting, and I was quite a bit younger. And it was the last day of the season. And this isn't a deer that I got. It's one my dad got. But it was the last day of the season, and it was like a snowstorm squall. I don't know. I was sitting in a stand where the northwest wind was just blasting me at 25 miles an hour, (laughs) and it's snowing sideways. And there's like five minutes to go in the season. And I'm like, you know what? It is time to wave the white flag. So <laughs> I had lowered the gun and I was about five steps down on the ladder. And my dad's probably sitting a hundred yards away from me and just <laughs> shot gets fired. And I just about shit my pants on the ladder stand. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the, what is he shooting at? I can't even see 40 yards cause it's snowing so hard. And uh, here it comes that, you know, he got a glimpse of what he thought was a big buck and he basically said the next little spot between two trees, if I see Brown in that spot, I'm shooting. And he did. And we went up and found that buck and it was a giant eight pointer that had tines that came around and just about touched. I think they actually crossed now that it dried. Oh man. But you know where he shot that thing Hmm. right behind the ear hole. Oh man. And it dropped on the spot. uh, (laughs) And it was a giant buck. One of the biggest bucks we've ever gotten on that property. And I just remember just, it was such a cool end to the, the gun hunting season we had gotten a couple other really nice ones that year um but just like how the energy at camp to end the, end the year was was phenomenal and it was just such a kind of a crazy story it is crazy so all right so we're gonna finish this thing off kind of with some it says rapid fire like we're supposed to go through this quick but i'm sure we'll dabble in some uh he's missing one what do you L- mean lucky hunting hat it's on there i'm gonna go through it's on those. The oh i thought you were going to the Oh, no, no. So, um, a little bit quicker. What's your favorite sporting goods store to buy hunting stuff at? One word, simple answer. Online. Because we can't buy, cause we can't buy uh, First Light in the store. Right. First Light, online. Shields. You guys really that's don't a have pick. a place? That's, if, that's a good like, place. I, okay. If I have to go if somewhere, go somewhere, I go to Shields. I don't go to Cabela's anymore. They, they have nothing. Right. Yeah, I mean, I really went downhill. I, I like Cabela's as far as all their clothes goes. Like it's, it's not much that I wear. I mean, yeah. Shields, Shields is a good answer. Uh, favorite call that you're going to use in the tree stand. 
Uh, I just don't even know what my grunt call is called. I know for sure my grunt call is the one that the juries make. It's really good. Mad? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. the hyper growl or yep. something like that? That's what I used to. I think but mine's yeah. a Primo's. I mm. am going to say rattling antlers for that now, though. Oh. Uh, favorite camel brand? I think I know what you guys are going to say. but First light. First light. First light. Please I sponsor had, us. Oh, I looked I look <laughs> down like I was wearing my first light sweatshirt, which I originally wore here, but then switched out. Um, how about your favorite tree stand drink? You're like going to go with the Natty Light like uh, <laughs> the guy from <laughs> no, like no. Public, public Land? Guy. Um, I only drink like water or soda during uh, gun season, but it's going to be a do. Code Red probably to be specific. Uh, that's a fantastic beverage. Uh, water is the right answer. Uh, rain energy drink. If I'm really feeling like I'm not going to see a deer because I'll shake too much. <laughs> I, I will not hit anything if I'm drinking that. <laughs> Uh, it's some type of Mountain Dew. Code Red's a good one. That's my sure. all-time I, I can't say yeah. I bring it to the stand all the time, but I do love Code Red. But probably, probably Diet Dew. It's it's a fantastic beverage. They really got a good thing going with that one. I don't like water. I think I talked Wait. about it in the... Well, sorry. I like water. That came out wrong. <laughs> I was going to say. I don't like water, and I think I talked about it in my like hunting backpack video, is like these, these standard water bottles like this, like when there's not much in it, they get really crinkly and crunchy yep, and it yep. makes too much noise so yep. if i am going to bring water it is in a old gatorade bottle or something like that but nine times out of ten i go for the caffeine and diet do or something how about the song you got a song that gets you amped to hunt you're driving an hour away is there or, or like kickstart my heart you're like right before you, <laughs> you you know it's five minutes before you get there and you got to oh put on God. that song that's going to get you jacked up and kickstart my heart that's that's yeah, the, one, you, that's the go to. Terry and I are rolling up. It just gets you going. Are you jamming or are you oh, more, yeah, we more are, low key? We are. The subs are bumping in my truck. Nice. Yeah, I like. I kind of like it. It almost reminds me of like pregame uh, of a football game in high school where you're just kind of like, especially I feel it's on opening day. Like you're like, all right, the season is about to start right now. You know, you just kind of get amped up for that. Um, I'm gonna pick a actual like an actual hunting song. Obviously, you know the Thirty Point Buck. Oh, I that, that's gonna say. that's a, a banger. But um, the second week of deer camp is underrated, <laughs> highly underrated. <laughs> I thought you were gonna yes. say uh, no. Go out of way for Kobe in case this is his. Uh, no, it's probably not mine. I I don't know what I do, but a lot of times it's more mellow stuff, I guess. Uh, Wicked Twisted Road by Reckless Kelly is like a song that just reminds me of. Uh, deer hunting you guys probably don't have any idea what song that is but it was like the heartland bow hunter backdrop music on their original stuff gotcha um, but i do listen to a variety of stuff uh some days it's bumping and some days it's just uh not so much more mellow i thought you were gonna say fred bear by uncle ted no oh. that, that one's a too easy one to to pick i thought you said before we started rolling that you listen to a lot of one direction when you're <laughs> Or Rihanna? Did I hear that? Did I hear oh, that? Oh, yeah, I just love it? that halftime show. It was great. <laughs> it was in my element. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, how about celebration drink when the buck is in the back of the truck? Can't go wrong with the bush latte. Uh, the last time I had a buck in the truck, I was probably about 13. So well, anybody's got a buck in the truck, uh, <laughs> and you guys are uh, someone celebrating. What are we? What are we grabbing? Uh, I sort of somewhat famously don't really drink that much. Uh, famously. Um, 
Well, it's it's a shocking thing to people when I tell them Fair that enough. I'm like 21 and just don't really drink much. Uh, Mountain Dew, that's what we like. It's kind of our staple. Usually, yeah. yeah, usually we bring one along, and if we shoot a buck, shoot a turkey, whatever, the dews are going to be going down. There is no place a bush light tastes better than when a deer or turkey or sturgeon, I guess, would be in the back of a vehicle. But better, better is Agreed. still bad. Oh, it's like the it's, best. Oh, Colby. He doesn't think You're they're gone. good. That's why. Who, me? He no, I don't. You can't say that it's good. It's, fin- it's fantastic. <laughs> you, you cannot argue that it tastes good. It's fantastic. <laughs> it might make you feel good, but you cannot possibly say that it tastes good. Like if it tasted, I'm if it tasted, kind of want one right now. Just if talking. It, about if it, it tasted like that, and you could drink a hundred of them and not feel a thing, would you still well, drink it like there's that? There's been nights we tried to drink a hundred <laughs> of them, but <laughs> failed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, jeez. How about uh, I'm lucky I don't. Well, I do still teach, but <clears throat> all right, let's move on to the next <laughs> thing. Uh, how about you guys got a favorite lucky hunting hat? I do. I have a team real tree hat that I have probably wore every deer I've killed with the bow. I've had it on since I, even before I could hunt when I was five or six, I wore it. And uh, if you've seen any of the videos, the brim was cloth and it is ripped out and it hangs below. So I have to keep pushing it up because I can't see. So I got to get that fixed before next year. But that's my lucky hat. Everybody makes fun of me. All my uncles and dads need to get one. Kind of not fit. No, it fits like because it was like a the it was super big when I was young, but now it fits and it has like an old adjuster, like not a snapback. It's like a like a metal bar on the back, and you gotta oh, move geez. it. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's been with me for every deer I've killed with the bow. Does it have the ingrained stained sweat ring? Oh yes. In the mm-hmm. oh yeah, it's different sure. color. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like like I mean yours is this, like kind yeah. of intentionally frayed, I think. Uh, it, it, or, yeah, it's gotten worse over the years, but same deal. This but then all I of a mean, sudden you'll be hunting and a fray will be right. dangling. Well, if face. you've seen any of Jake's Bowani videos, he I mean he just looks ridiculous, like an absolute goober because it's just like all the way down. But uh, it that I, I can't hides say anything you, from the deer; they you, can't see him, you, and I can't see them. That. You've shot so many deer with that thing. I would be mad at you if you stopped wearing it. And I know, it's, and I'm not it's gonna. Fantastic. I wouldn't even fix it if I was no. you. I would just leave it the way it is. If you can't see, oh well, you, you'll be fine. I mm-hmm. keep this is mine um, right here. I'm wearing it right now. It's uh, like this Wood Eyes hat from Bar and Grill in Winnicani, and it. My buddy or Eli always gives me crap for wearing it because like it's so faded out in the back that it that used to be brown, and now I've washed it so many times that. It's kind of like white. Yeah, that puppy's so white. I, That's for he's sure like, white. He'll be sitting 300 yards away. He's like, dude, I can see your hat. It just <laughs> stands out like nothing. I'm like, dude, I shot like seven deer with this hat in four, or, you know, in f- the last four or five years. So it's going to stay on my head. So I, I kind of yeah, like this one. I like the hat that Buck Fever Outdoors has got. Uh, you can get it at buckfever.com. Yeah, buckfeveroutdoors.com. I do think I was wearing uh, that when I shot when you my shot, bull buck yep, this year. So, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a good premium quality hat, uh, you know, real real wood patch, such as this one, nice camouflage pattern, plethora of options. Uh, once outstanding again, hat. It's an outstanding hat, it really is. Um, it, yeah, the, this one is kind of the one I've started to wear now, n- now that we've got it. Um, I'd say I have more of a go-to hat uh, in the past with gun hunting. I've got a Buckmaster's like blaze orange hat that I've always worn since I was a little kid. Um, but now I'm kind of switching over to more first light stuff. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But I do have a favorite orange, like stocking cap too. It's the one you can buy at fleet farm for like 
eight bucks and it's got the just the buck on it yep right here yep and i was so pissed i lost it last year or two two years ago um doing a kind of a two-person drive in the hills it must have caught on a branch and i didn't know it and then i got you know i got back to camp right. and someone's like where's your orange hat and i'm like it's gone well and the- when you look back up the the bluff i'm like yeah i'm not hiking up that thing to go to go find it so i went to fleet farm and bought like four of them yeah, i was gonna say for <laughs> so the- that when that happens again i have another one ready to right go. for the price of a yearly magazine subscription you can get yourself a new <laughs> fleet farm hat yep, you know you bet <laughs> what else uh that's the end of the list we got any other ideas on favorites before we send her send her away for this one uh just boots what kind of boots do you wear early season like do you have a, do you, are you a, a rubber boot guy or like a like a hiking boot because i i don't really know what i want used to be rubber knee-high boots but my feet sweat way too much in those things so i've transitioned more to and and we're walking so far now that uh give me a hiking boot that's just going to be more comfortable yeah i typically have always worn rubber boots um we don't have as big a property not as long of a walk in there um and my feet will be cold regardless of what I got on, so it doesn't really matter. Um, I probably should, especially in the early season, go to more of like a, a hiking boot type of thing. But, um, yeah, it's typically always been rubber boots. Yeah, same. I was just kind of dabbling with the idea of maybe right. getting ones or even less uh, less grained. <laughs> I don't need my 1600s for no, no, no. 80-degree opening oh, day. God. So. No, definitely not. Get the Crocs out for that. Yeah. <laughs> Have you hunted in Crocs? I've turkey uh, hunted in them. There was a, a turkey hunt where Ben forgot his boots, and I don't know what he had on. I think he had on my sandals. Like I had, I just had a pair of slides that I brought, and I think he had those going. So that's nice. Well, it's something. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's nice if you got a good pair of boots, but slides will do, I guess. I've had to go up in the tennis shoes before. Like you forgot the boots back in the garage, or something like that and we drive the, the drive all the, way, aren't the worst drive all the way to the property and go oh you got to be kidding me you know exactly where they're laying you can, yeah you can picture the box they're sitting on and you're yeah. like you look down and you're like sweet rolling with the nikes today <laughs> <laughs> anything else i think we got to wrap this one up the, that, that was a lot favorites? of good favorites right there yeah. so um i guess you can critique us all day and and bash us in the comments on some of our uh favorite stuff that we threw out there there was a lot of good stuff that can probably be critiqued per se yeah i mean there there could be some some comments left some opinions people might yeah. have but uh how to eat a nutty bar not <laughs> not eating back straps don't like bacon you know it's just crazy a lot people. of good stuff yeah yeah i don't know it's what makes the world go round. it, though, it right? is we got all our different things we like and our favorites mm-hmm. so hey thanks for listening listening to this podcast uh you can find us on all the podcast platforms um the major ones subscribe like watch our youtube stuff watch the awesome sturgeon videos these guys are putting out of the three sturgeon that got speared and uh thanks for listening we'll see you next time yeah and thanks for coming colby you appreciate it always all right see you guys later peace